0: Hey, Ray, how you feeling? You know, when the temperatures drop and we get that winter feeling things, it really affects me more. That's when I get that aching in my bones. But I found that CBD and medicinal together can take care of the majority of my aches and pains, the ones that, you know, you have every day as you age, but also the ones that you get from all those activities that taking taken care of business in the fall. No kidding. I've been doing a lot of raking because we have so
1: many old trees around our house that you rake one day and then two days later... The yard's
0: filled up with leaves again, and that's why we're happy to have One CBD as our sponsor. Go to onecbd.com. That's o n e cbd.com, or follow them on at onecbdlife on Twitter, and you can find out about all the aspects of what One CBD does to help you with your pain. One of the things that I like the most, Marcus, is that everything they purchase to be used in their CBD is 100% organically grown hemp, free from pesticides and fertilizers, and that's important. I also like the fact that they're third-party lab tested and made in the USA. And they know how to take care of business when it comes to your pain. At one O-N-E-C-B-D achieve a renewed sense of balance. <laughs> We're back on what is essentially Birthday Twins number three, right? We started with uh, Keith and Bobby, and they were the first one. And then we kind of melded Birthday Twins to sibling rivalries with uh, Dave Davies from the Kinks and Melanie. And here we are, and it's a double trouble. It's good trouble, but it's double trouble on the imbalanced history of rock and roll and Birthday Twins. And this is an unlikely pairing because they came of age and became rock stars in different eras, right? That's kind Kind of a big thing that surprised me.
1: I know the fact that they were born the same day, this, and their impact on rock and roll was a decade apart, and maybe even a little longer because yeah, one their of impact
0: them impact is even longer. Because, because now even AC, even now AC/DC continues to make music. We just got word this week about a new album, right? Uh, yeah, coming out. Well, so. they
1: were all seen in Vancouver last November, last December, around a studio, and there were a few yeah, pictures oh, I know, taken. I, know. I followed the whole thing yep.
0: in minutes. I have to. It's our job, man. Yes, we it have is. to know where they are. If Angus farts, we need to know.
1: And I'm glad that I kept saying <laughs> we're going to get new music from them in 2020. I kept saying it at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, man, those vibes and the fact that they seem to have uh, healed their wounds. And uh, was it the drummer who got busted and was under all of the uh, crime watch for the drugs and the crazy stuff down in Australia? Yeah. And he's actually, he was with them as well. So.
0: yeah. Yep, Phil Rudd is in, Cliff Williams is in, and of course we all know that Brian Johnson's in. And the reason, can we get around to the reason that Brian Johnson became the voice of ACDC back in 1980? One of the most amazing years in rock and roll. It's because of the death of Ronald Belford Bon Scott. He was born the same day as his birthday twin. Bon was born in... Scotland, July 9, 1946, and then Mitch Mitchell, who, of course, is famous, most famous for his time in the Jimi Hendrix experience.
1: He was born in Middlesex. (laughs) He was
0: born John Graham, Mitch Mitchell. Mitch was kind of his uh, showbiz name, I guess you'd say, you know. And it's funny that he started out with Georgie Fame and the Blue Flames, and he ended up playing with a guy who was named Jimmy James with a band called the Blue Flames when he met (laughs) Hendrix. I wonder when they talked, like, in the pub one night. So you played in the Blue Flames? Yeah, yeah. I had a band called the Blue Flames. You what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine I thought about that, and I'm glad that you brought that up because that's one of those funny coincidences. Mitch Mitchell, man, boy, did he have an impact on their sound. Jimmy, as we know, was a force of nature, but man, Mitch Mitchell playing the jazz-style drums at a heavier, faster pace with his own, trying to play along to Jimmy and... try to keep up seriously he took his drumming i'm sure to the next level very quickly but jim liked him and then i think he competed with somebody else for the drummer job with the experience and he won it on a coin toss
0: that's a strange bit of fates because we talked about two sides of the same fake coin at times. Mm-hmm. That's strange. I didn't know that there was a flip of the coin to get him in. Here's another weird one. Bon Scott. First off, he got his name Bon because there was already another Ronald in their school, and he was from Scotland. He was that bunny from Scotland. So this is after his family moved to Australia. So that's where he got the Bond name. His dad was Chick. His name's Charles, but they called him Chick. And his mother... Check this out. Issa is Isabel Cunningham Mitchell. Now, I'm sure there's no relation. Mitchell's a common name coming from England and Australia and Scotland and what have you. But here's Mitchells on both sides of the birthday twins here.
1: That's pretty cool. Look at all these. I think are going to be the most coincidental things about these two and their paths crossing because it doesn't seem like from the research that we've been able to do. Like the second episode, we will be talking about Taylor Hawkins and Bill. Billy Joe Armstrong and their paths crossing and some of the ties that they have, but I couldn't find anything with Mitch and Bond. Other you than- know, we
0: didn't even mention the fact that there's a second half to this because it's a double episode of Birthday Twins, but yeah, we're going to go with some younger guys in the second half of the episode who are born on the same day in the same year. Dude, these two are like so similar. There's so much about them where their lives are. They, they're not like intersecting, but they're running kind of in the same direction and because of Mitch being in England and there being such a hotbed and mm-hmm. him working with Georgie and everything that was going on in the UK, he gets to the starting line sooner. But when the Hendrix experience finishes and he continues to do stuff and, and play and collaborate, but never at the level that he was part of in the Jimi Hendrix experience. Meanwhile, Ronald is trying to find his way through life and he's living down under. <laughs> and in his own way, you mentioned how he was doing kind of the jazz drums with the heavy hits and all the sonic improvements for yeah. heavy rock. Well, Bond was kind of doing the same thing with rock and roll, taking the traditional approach to singing, but you turn it up and then you lean on it. And when you combine that with the Young Brothers and the other guys in AC/DC, you know, you're rocking the rock pile out there. There was a friend of mine on murder And the judges' gavel fell Having been to that part of Australia, I can tell you that Newcastle in those days, holy shit, I can't imagine what it was like. You've been to Australia? I did a long weekend trip in the industry with a bunch of nut jobs that we could do a podcast about sometime. It's really funny. It's a really funny story. We went to Newcastle to see the band that we were going to see, the Screaming Jets. I mean, that's why I said what I said about Newcastle. I can't imagine what it was like in the 60s and 70s. And that's eventually where they came out of, where they made their bones in AC/DC.
1: That's just crazy. Also, the fact that ACDC was in Australia meant that it was going to take a little while longer yeah. for it to reach because they didn't have the 24-7 Insta technology that we have now. And I think there are people that may have a hard time wrapping their head around it. But, I mean, really, they didn't even have fax machines in the early days of ACDC. In the, not in when the When he was in the Spectres era. and Certainly the Valentines. No, unless you were military, you didn't have any of that stuff.
0: You had to send telegrams and shit like that. And that involved a lot of different technology kids that you may not be familiar with. Force for back. another time. But, <laughs> but, but, but you see, though, like it's almost like... Mitch gets the early start with George and the Flames, right? And then he comes in with Hendricks, and he does a few things after that, but not that much. And he kind of stops and slows down, loses momentum, just as uh, ACDC is kicking in, and what Bon Scott and ACDC do through—well, he, he joined in 74— and from there forward they were game changers we've defined on the podcast rock and roll hall of famers who come along and make things different from before they were there and that's absolutely acdc what you're doing is building off of the bases formed from sabbath and zeppelin deep purple and some of the others but what acdc did The schoolboy disguise, the whole nine yards, Mm -hmm. the attitude, the insane energy, that came from the combination of them. A lot of people think it just came from Angus because they weren't following them in the early days. Those guys were like high-voltage-charged, fist-in-the-face.
1: Absolutely. and.
0: And I still think they were that when I saw them in the '80s, Marcus. I don't know about today. I got to go see them this time around. I miss them, and I miss them. They're great guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never met Bond, but boy, I'll tell you what—I feel like I know him. You know these guys a little bit, and I would have given anything to have a night in the ruts with Bond Scott. I don't know about you, uh, man—that would be you, awesome.
1: You think you could have survived a night in the ruts with Bond Scott? No! I mean, <laughs> seriously, they were a wild bunch. You're right, and the way you describe their energy is perfect because you put all of those different balls of fire together, and you. You get this massive head-pounding explosion of dirty, sexy rock and roll. It's hard-drinking, dirty, sexy rock and roll is what it is. Hard-partying, fast-living, dirty, sexy rock and roll. And,
0: and when Bon Scott loses his life because of that, mm-hmm. not a surprise to people.
1: We weren't surprised. It, 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 was,
0: it was shocking at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't that old. He was a younger guy. But what happens to those, and we've talked about it in our personal lives, people we've known and we talked about the rock stars about when you get to the point where you're drinking that much something's going to happen and it's not good not usually what fun you think you're having something bad's going to happen
1: now didn't he pass about the time john bonham and keith moon in that whole area Seventy nine, eighty.
0: well he died in 1980 it was the beginning of the sessions for what would eventually become back in black a few days later when he died everyone in the world thought well that's it for them that band is the way they are. How are they going to do this? How's it ever going to be possible? Little did they know that they'd already made contact. They already knew Brian Johnson to some degree. Didn't know him well, but they knew of him. He was in Geordie. He was in a, a band that people knew. A car mechanic by day. And the fact that they were already underway on the album, that they probably had a different plan for it. Some of the songs were already there, like Have a Drink on Me and uh, Let Me Put My Love Into You, which I just love that title. <laughs> so some of the material was there and some of it was fleshed out once they got Brian in. But the fact that they were able to find someone who could step up and lead their band forward and then get the album out within the year. Some people said it was cold at the time to do that. Some people also said that they probably had anticipated a possible situation like this. And what we've learned through the years, Marcus, is that they're survivors, ACDC. People have come and people have gone. People come back. On multiple occasions, as we have now, Phil Rudd and Cliff Williams returning. But whatever the scenario, AC/DC manages to keep it together and move forward.
1: It was shocking that they survived. But there were also a lot of conspiracies about Back in Black and how that was Bon Scott lyrics that he wrote all of them and he should have been credited for them.
0: Well, here's the thing. There's definitely a case for fact that songs were written and being worked on. We were just talking about that. We've seen that in anecdotal evidence and we've heard the guys talk about it in interviews. But the fact of the matter is they finished an album and they made it. How they handled the business part, the copywriting of the songs and publishing and all that stuff, that is public information that people can look at if it's not correct that's clearly the case with some of it but here they are still connected marcus and i thought it was an unusual pairing when i discovered it because one is like an iconic drummer of the 60s and psychedelia and the other is a bad boy you know set on destruction for highway to hell tnt high voltage all of it destruction and and
1: sex and booze (laughs)
0: Uh, not too many pictures of Bon Scott on stage with a shirt on on while he's performing. Uh, notice that you know is mm-hmm. a man who loved to show his chest.
1: Now <laughs> we know where Danzig got his influence. <laughs>
0: It is the imbalanced history of rock and roll. And uh, part one of this week's episode, it's a two part Birthday Twins episode. Part one is about Mitch Mitchell and Bon Scott, both born on the same day. And the fact that they were such different musical styles, their differences, born of different styles and different eras of coming of age as artists, too. Interesting stuff. We're learning we learn so much here, man. We really do because we know that you guys are pretty knowledgeable because you tell us when we're not on the point and I think that's important too. Yeah, it's well, part of what Yeah, if we miss something, please. Year. Yeah, it's it's simple as you you would send a text to somebody, "Hey asshole, da 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 da" da if you were, t- you know, talking to them, but you can just send <laughs> us an email if we get something wrong at imbalancedhistory at gmail.com I I think this Birthday Twins thing has some mileage to it, man. We're starting to discover more and more pairings. And the next one we want to talk about are two guys, really the 90s generation of rockers. I mean, Green Day started before that. Late 80s. Yeah. Is that you've got two bands that came of age, really became the leaders in the 90s. So what do you say we grab a beer? And look at how these two guys were part of Rock's leadership, if you will, in the 90s and move forward. And uh, it's it's interesting. Every time we discover a birthday twin, there's always some kind of different aspect to them from some of the other ones. So
1: Yeah, this one is going to be fun to talk about because of the fact that they have so many ties together. The fact that they're actually good friends. And we know that from what we've learned over the years being in the business.
0: Mitch right. Mitchell. Bon Scott, Birthday Twins, part one. Pausing for the cause that refreshes and coming back with part two on Birthday Twins number three. Have I got them all confused now, Marcus? No,
1: you got it right. That is correct. Birthday Twins number three
0: on the imbalanced history of rock and roll next. And when I have a thirst that needs quenching, Marcus, you know I'd love to go to Crooked Eye Brewery right there in the heart of Hapro at York and Montgomery. A great place to go. Great people and most importantly, fresh, delicious craft brews, brewed right there on the premises by the one and only Jeff Mulherin. He is creative, man.
1: He's made some pretty darn good beers over the time that they've been sponsoring us because I've had the pleasure of tasting quite a few and I really like what he's doing with beer and I love the environment and the atmosphere at Crooked Eye because you have live music. They have a turntable so you can play vinyl and they have a very healthy set of vinyl.
0: And and they have a jukebox now. They found it an old jukebox that somebody was getting rid of and so they're and it's stocked with great old 45s
1: boy they just keep adding to it and making it more and more appealing it's great what they're doing
0: there and I want to talk to you about the brews. Went in recently and had a pint of the Crooked IPA. And I don't know what he's doing, but man, it tasted better than ever. So new stuff for the season, new stuff always. But the standard Crooked Eye Brews, still tasting great. Always fresh right there in hapro
1: And you know what else is really cool? Because they don't serve food. They've got food trucks coming.
0: Yeah, more and more. Get all the info on their Facebook, Crooked Eye Brewery, and... Online at crookedeyebrewery.com. Serving the cure for what ails you since 2014, Crooked Eye.
2: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
1: Boy, after that cold pint i am ready to talk about our next birthday twins ray how about you
0: me too and it's a pair that's born in a different decade than we usually talk about when it comes to birthday twins right?
1: True, we're going younger younger than the both of us even
0: and
1: I know but from the 90s forward these two cats have had a huge impact on rock and roll with their bands and some of the side projects that they've done and some of the collaborations that they've done as well as some of the other all around good people things that they've done and there's a lot of connections here so I'm really Excited to jump into it, and we will start, Ray, by going to February 17th, 1972.
0: These two crazy rock and roll kids were born on the same date. When I heard that, I found that, I went, What?
1: Exactly. I was surprised, just like you, but we knew that this would be a humdinger of an episode because yeah. of who they are. <laughs>
0: Uh, all I'm going to say is uh, we have spent part of our birthday twins exploration so far asking the question, we wonder if these two know each other or ever met or ever did anything different. Or f-. And when it comes to Billy Joe and Taylor, the answer is, fuck, you better believe it. Yeah. Billy Joe was born in California, right? Yeah. And and Green Day was formed up around the Berkeley area. Yeah, they're right? Sa-
1: their Northern California, Oakland band, San right. Francisco band, Berkeley.
0: And where were was uh, Taylor
1: Hawkins born? I can't remember that. Fort Worth, Texas. No shit. Yeah, he's a Texan.
0: So he, he was... ends up where? California? Yeah, Just...
1: Southern California. He was a touring drummer for Alanis Morissette. Oh, wow. I did not know so that. He was playing a lot, and then after touring through... I think he got noticed by Dave Grohl during that time with the Alanis Morissette because right after he did the touring with Alanis Morissette is when he joined the Foo Fighters uh, about... 96, 97 and I
0: remember when he joined and I was thinking well if he's any good then at least that'll free Dave up to do more of the front work as a guitar player and a singer right? All I heard to here was one song and I was like well fuck glad they got him in because now Dave can be Dave Something I did find. Did you know Taylor Hawkins wrote a song about an infamous night? And he was out on the town with Rivers Cuomo, guys from the foos, and Billy Joe Armstrong. Yes. And I guess it's called Tokyo Nono. It was in the, uh, the mid
1: '90s when they were touring, so it was yeah, during their younger, single, crazy years. Hey, next the queen was
0: And they were out. They were they were young, dumb, and full of cum and having a great old time. And they had money in their pockets and they could do whatever they want. And, and you can find the whole story online. But it's all about an infamous night in Tokyo where they were all out on the town. It's one of those things I just found, like, just immediately popping up when I started looking around here. And so I started marking. I got a whole file full of stuff that I marked. But that's the kind of stuff. We looked for connections between, say, Date Davis and Melanie. Couldn't find anything. Here's connections. You kidding? He wrote a fucking song about the other guys. You know? And they're friends their tour mates they've played Uh-oh. countless festivals together yes countless so let's not cross the line of they shared wine and women together but you know what i'm saying there
1: <laughs> i have no idea what they did but i guess i'll have to re-listen to tokyo no-no to find out
0: there you go. Good starting point. <laughs> Well, here's two birthday twins who definitely have a direct connection. They really
1: do. And they've played together. They're friends. They've been in the music scene together for almost 30 years, if you really think about it.
0: Well, they have, yeah.
1: and. To come to think of it, I saw Taylor Hawkins play with Alanis Morissette when she released that debut record of hers when I was working at a station in Denver. Sweet. I didn't know
0: that's where he came from.
1: I knew that once I started researching. It's probably one of those factoids that we learned that didn't stick because, yep, we've learned a ton of stuff over the years working in the business. And uh, he's a great drummer. He's a heck of a guy. He's had some battles with addiction. Both he and Billy Joe Armstrong have had battles with addiction and sobriety, and they're doing great. Good. And I actually have been very lucky to have a little brief 90-second conversation with Taylor Hawkins when the Foo Fighters played our birthday year backstage. We talked to everybody in the band, and he was really nice. We talked a little bit about music and just about hanging out and enjoying life and making the most of every day. It was really cool, and he was
0: really down to earth. Well, I think if you're going to work with Grohl, you kind of got to be. Now, this is pre-sobriety, but there's a really funny story I also found about when I was looking for stuff to talk about about these two birthday twins and when I realized I should have known but when I realized how close Green Day and Foo Fighters got from time to time I should have known there was a story that ends with Dave Grohl revealing about his mom drinking with Green Day backstage when he came off from the opening slot that's how early on it was for the Foo's I guess (laughs) (laughs) he goes my mother is such a badass I have the cool mom and like I said she was a public school teacher for 35 years they're the heroes these public school teachers they're amazing They really are. It's true. It's a specific type of person to be a really good teacher. And you got to be the same kind of person, the really good person, to be able to hang with your son's rock star (laughs) compadres hanging out backstage. And uh, Dave comes off, and there's Mom drinking with the boys, you know? And I just think that's a great story and shows how close Hawkins and Armstrong are. And you know they know that they're birthday twins. You know that's probably where that Tokyo No-No came from. Oh, yeah. It was a night when there was their, one of their their birthdays and they were on the road together in a foreign country. You know that could get out of hand real quick.
1: Oh, heck yeah. When you've got label people from the other countries and uh, tour people from the other countries giving you the tours of the city, you bet it gets out of hand quickly. I also found, and it was great doing the research on their connections, Billy Joe Armstrong, when the Foo Fighters and Green Day were playing Reading Festival, Billy Joe Armstrong dedicated the song Waiting to Taylor Hawkins. Sweet. So. They have go back and forth, and I'm sure that they've, like, when they go on tour and when they see each other at shows and stuff, they pull practical jokes on each other that are just off the charts and crazy.
0: They're the kind of things that I think are missing in rock and roll more these days, especially at the most recent times during the COVID pandemic where not a whole lot's going on. I say when things get back to the relative normal to move forward, more chicanery, more craziness on and backstage is required. I agree. That's just my two Two
1: cents. We need more shenanigans. Oh, and you guys, yeah. have to, you guys have to punk the crowd a little bit more, too, when they start going back to concerts. Punk yeah. the crowd if you're in a band. Also, I found this really, really cool fact that ties the Foo Fighters and Billy Joe Armstrong even closer. You know how Dave Grohl knows how to chew gum and sing at the same time, and he's a master at it? So I've heard,
0: and I re- I was reading
1: about that, too. He taught Billy Joe Armstrong how to do it.
0: It's a style thing. It's the sing with the gum in your mouth, and then you keep it somewhere, and then when you're walking across the stage playing a rhythm guitar part, you chew it, obviously, in a way that everyone knows you're chewing gum, and then you go back to singing, and you don't spit it out. You don't choke on it. And it is an art form, and it was apparently passed down by his own admission. Billy Joe said he learned this from Dave Grohl. So, you know, here's one half of the birthday twins revealing something about the partner of the other half. This is maybe the other than the... The brothers involved And maybe Keith and Bobby This is so far the closest non-blood Connections that we're finding in rock and roll Amongst birthday twins
1: And like we've both said They're both great bands Both of them are important in the history of rock and roll Both of them have had a huge impact in rock and roll Yep And it's kind of cool that they're so tied together As well through the musical bond And just through how their career paths Have gone
0: And continue to be intertwined A most recent example being Grohl and Armstrong, who have both been busy beavers while uh, everyone's been in lockdown, Billy Joe releasing music with his kids, backing him up, and some stuff with uh, Green Day. But the two of them doing living room shows delivered as a benefit to raise money for the front lines in battling coronavirus during the pandemic. These are the kind of things that only people who really love and respect each other as artists and musicians do, because it's the person you want to sit next to. It's kind of like, you in war, the guy you want next to you in the foxhole, so to speak, and with musicians doing what they can to stay active and to deliver, in this case, raising money for those who need PPE on the front lines, those kind of things. It's great to see it when uh, two people step up anyhow, and the fact that they fit perfectly into this episode of Birthday Twins on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll is just a bonus.
1: Totally a huge bonus.
0: Well, we're talking about a lot of the, the incidents and the coincidence of all this stuff, but you know, the music that Both of these guys have been a part of the music of Green Day, the music of the Foo Fighters. And you kind of look at these two guys, both born on a February day in 1972. Together, they have kind of had a whole lot of fun. And I'm sure that February 17th date gets celebrated whenever they're in each other's company.
1: I can only imagine their birthday parties when they're together. I bet they're off the hook crazy.
0: I'll bet you it's Tokyo (laughs) No-No. I bet you if we dig deeper, we're going to find that it's the Tokyo No-No. Research department, we're almost to the end of the episode. Maybe for an update for next week. Or the week (laughs) beyond We gotta find out If that's the Tokyo (laughs) no-no Totally All right. Well This has been fun Anytime we dig into Birthday Twins We always find out stuff Because either the people Are totally connected Like these two Billy Joe Armstrong And Taylor Hawkins Or really not connected at all Like Mitch Mitchell And Bon Scott But there you have it Birthday Twins Nonetheless Celebrated here On the podcast
1: If we missed anything On this Birthday Twins episode Between Mitch Mitchell And Bon Scott Or Taylor Hawkins And Billy Joe Armstrong Feel free to shoot us an email, imbalancedhistory at gmail.com. You can also hit us on our Facebook page, The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, on Twitter, Imbalanced Histo. And by now, you should be able to find us on Instagram as well, at The Imbalanced History.
0: Really? Because I'm Roll. having a problem
1: finding us. <laughs> we're there. We're
0: there, <laughs> and we're going to start popping the videos worry. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my, my videos okay gotcha but again you know yeah feedback. reach out and let us know about these things because you know yeah. what we're also uh looking into other episodes of birthday twins and if you got anything you want to add in that point anytime you yeah. can always email us anytime and check out all the episodes on imbalancedhistory.com
1: our website and again you know i'm sure that if you've seen green day or the foo fighters at festivals over the years you may have seen the each other pop up on the each other's stages and if you have any experiences yeah. like that as well share them because again these are two friends that are born on the same day who raise a lot of hell together and have a lot of fun doing what they absolutely love to do
0: in that regard they're like us although they make a few <laughs> dollars more at it
1: <laughs> <laughs> a lot more
0: <laughs> signing off from the dark doc media studios i'm ray Coop.
1: i'm marcus in the darkest
0: And we'll get you on the next episode of the imbalanced history
1: of rock and roll.
2: It's NFL draft season. And that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.